Hi, King's Church Kingston. Hope you're doing well. Today, we're going to continue our preaching series called Blueprint, which looks at the values of the local church and what were the things they prioritised. And this week, though, instead of we're going to do things slightly differently, instead of a normal preach, Philip and myself are going to talk about what it means to be a church devoted to the apostles' teaching. But before that, we'd just like to share some news about next week and what we're thinking of doing. Yeah, so uh, next Sunday, I'll be uh, speaking into the Acts 2 value of being devoted to fellowship, friendship, community. And so to that end, uh, you'll receive some communication in the coming week. And we just want to find a way, really, for as many of us in the church to do this as possible. Really, to be with each other, either during or just after the service, within the current guidelines. But we're going to try and find a way for as many people uh, to be in various homes around the borough so that we can enjoy exactly what we're teaching into, we can enjoy the practicality of it and actually have fellowship with one another. So you'll hear some news about that in the week. Brilliant. So... Philip, returning to the topic we're going to look at today, being devoted uh, to God's word and the apostles' teaching. In your life, what's been a key Bible verse that's really shaped you and sort of been a foundation, I guess, to your Christian faith? Um, I think Psalm Psalm 1 would be be one um, in terms of the the exhortation, not just the exhortation to meditate on the word of God, but the, the promise that comes with it, uh, which is that as someone does that, then they can be like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. And, and, and I want that, I suppose. And so I've always thought that uh, the good life in, in, in some senses comes from, from meditating on the word of God. And the second one would be um, the passage towards the end of Luke around the Emmaus Road has spoken to me so many times around the privilege of being a disciple of Jesus who, who walks along the road with Jesus. Yeah. And it's when he reveals himself to us that our hearts come ablaze, that we things make sense, that our lives come into being. And I've loved that, that life verse of, no, I'm, I'm called to, to walk along with him, to walk along the road with the risen Jesus. So those would be two. Yeah. Um, yeah, brilliant. Have you? For me, I think Romans 8, verse 28. Yeah. So, and we know in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. I think just when things have been yeah. tough and when things have been uncertain, just knowing God's working out his purposes, yeah. that's been hugely encouraging. Yeah. I think when we were in Turkey, a verse I lived with daily was God chooses the foolish things, the weak things, the things right. that are not uh, to display his glory. So that verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27, yeah. that became a verse I felt like I was living and it was just that wonderful encouragement and promise. Because of your foolishness and weakness. Because generally I'm a bit <laughs> foolish and a bit weak and don't know what I'm doing. Okay. But God can still use those like that. In fact, he says he chooses those yeah, like that. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, okay, and so in terms of the, the, the specificity of the verse, the, this, this mm. first church that was devoted to the apostles' teaching, who, who, who were the apostles and what was their teaching, I suppose? We should, we should start there. Yes, yeah, so the apostles, it seems very clear in this context, were the 11 uh, apostles that Jesus had appointed. And then also there was a further one that had been added in in Acts chapter 1. Yeah. So Judas Iscariot had obviously yeah. uh, died after betraying Jesus, and they appointed Matthias, who was an apostle. And the key thing about these apostles were they're pe- people who'd been with Jesus Uh, during, since uh, the baptisms of John the Baptist, right up to Jesus' death, resurrection and ascension. So they'd lived with Jesus for three years. Uh, They'd walked with him, talked with him, heard his teaching, seen the miracles, seen him delivering people and setting people free. And there were people who are eyewitnesses to his life. So I think that's who the apostles were in this context. Yeah. 
And it's worth saying, I suppose, that we've always regarded, or the Orthodox Church has always regarded, they, they are the, the capital A apostles. There was a, a yeah. gifting, which we call apostolic gifting, which might be to do with building churches, overseeing churches, speaking into churches that we believe exist today. But that primary, what you might call capital A apostles, they are those, plus Paul, who saw the risen Lord Jesus and who had that level yeah. of authority and gifting and wrote Bible and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they would be those people. And so in terms of what they taught, yeah. I think, thankfully, you get snapshots of that in the book of Acts. Yeah. But it's clear they spent three years with Jesus. So they would have taught what Jesus taught. They would have explained what Jesus did, who he claimed he was. But also, it was very clear when you look at their preaches and their talks in the book of Acts, that they very much linked Jesus with the story of the Old Testament. Yes. So they believed yeah. the Old Testament was God's word. Yeah that it had authority, that Jesus was actually a fulfillment of the, the climax of the story of the Old yeah. Testament. So he was the Christ or the, the anointed one, the savior who was to come, not just to rescue the people of Israel, the Jews, but actually all people. So you see them validating the Old Testament, but showing how mm. Jesus is the mm. climax of mm. it and then mm. explaining who Jesus is yeah. and how people could find life and salvation in him. And I guess you see some of those early sermons like that you were alluding to that are so clearly telling the, telling the Jewish audience, you, you know this and you know this and you know this in the Old Testament, you believe it to be true, and here's, here's what it's really about. Here's how it's been fulfilled. Here's what it really means. Yeah, and I think it was fascinating because I think some of the prophetic words in the Bible, they just were blind yes. to, yeah. and then suddenly it took uh, Jesus a resurrection for them to go, ah, oh, this is what it was about, or yeah. Jesus' death on a cross, and they yeah. go, ah, oh, the Saviour was to be one who died and rose again. Yeah, which going back to my Emmaus Road passage, is exactly what Jesus does, isn't it, in that passage? He, he points to them, it says he, he shows them the scriptures how they all pointed about him. He, he teaches them the Old Testament was ultimately all about me. Yeah. And so those apostles die. Yeah. So we know they affirm and uh, completely affirm the Old Testament as the word of God. Their own teaching is, is the word of God. So what about the rest of what we now call scripture? What does the apostles' teaching mean, if you like, more holistically yeah, Isn't now? that a great question? <laughs> and I think the wonderful thing is the apostles, they were eyewitnesses to the events, but actually as time went on, uh, their eyewitness accounts were noted down. So, so they were guardians, if you like, of the eyewitnesses of Jesus' life. Yeah. But then what uh, he taught and what he did and what he said was then written down into the gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then also the apostles and Paul also who had encountered Jesus, they wrote uh, to the early churches and gave them instructions, encouragement, sometimes corrected them. Sometimes the apostle Paul, for example, wrote to individuals to say, to encourage them. And these were collected, and very early on, it was clear that the church recognised these letters mm. and the Gospels to have authority. And they weren't just the apostles' thoughts, mm. but they were actually seen as being God's words. So being, uh, and they were consistent with what Jesus had taught, yeah. but they were seen as being the word of God. And actually, it took till 397 uh, AD at the Council of Carthage. Uh, for sort of the 27 books of the New Testament to be recognised as, yes, these are the books. But actually far earlier than that, yes. the early church were attesting, no, these are books which uh, are scripture, yeah. which uh, we've got the Old Testament and we've got these books which talk about who Jesus is and life in him and how we can know God. Yeah. So we can be confident, and I can go into much more detail, can we? We can be confident that what we call scripture, or the canon of scripture, is, is perfectly reasonable to say that is, that is equivalent to the apostles' teaching in the sense of that's, we, we now regard the whole of scripture as that and we want to be devoted 
to yeah, that. Yeah, I think the Apostles' teaching certainly would be the New Testament, yeah. but then obviously it's very much founded on the Old Testament, which they viewed as God's word. Yeah, very good. So, for you, what does it mean to be devoted uh, to the Apostles' teaching? Yeah, well, I was thinking about this and just had a brief look at the, the kind of lexicon and the, what that word devoted means. And there's a whole load of different um, kind of literal translations, but I'll give you a couple. And so that word, that, that Greek word devoted means literally to persist in adherence to or to constantly attend to. And so that, I think, gives us a, an inkling as to yeah. what this early church was like, that for them, devotion was to, to constantly attend to what, in their context, the apostles were, were bringing them. So I would hope that devotion means a sense of constancy Mm. Although my own devotion wavers, and I'm sure all of us yeah, yeah, does yeah. on occasion. That's what we're, I guess, aspiring to, um, and to attend to it, to, mm. to, and, and to adhere to it. So it's not just I'm wanting to be uh, constant and consistent in reading this thing, uh, but to adhere to it, to want to apply it, to want to follow it, to want to obey it, to want it to change me. And I'm not even sure I would have phrased it like that until looking into it this week, but... That, I guess, is my literal understanding or linguistic understanding of being devoted is for there to be a constancy and for there to be a willingness to adhere to it, to obey it, to let it shape and form me. And we obviously see that in the early church, don't we? So in Acts 2, it says they devoted themselves, but then it goes on to say they met every day in the temple courts. And part of that we uh, understand is they were being taught by these apostles. But actually, you see then the apostle Paul, he spends one and a half years teaching in Corinth. He spends a year teaching the church, set aside the church in Antioch. He spends, uh, is it three years in Ephesus? Yeah, around that, Uh, I think. Yeah, Yeah. in the Hall of Tyrannus. And you just go this amount of time Mm, where he's mm, about mm, to leave Troas. mm. Uh, He got last day there. So he spends all night teaching, so much so that someone falls asleep. (laughs) Because he he went on so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you see this commitment of the early church to teach, because learning and knowing the word of God was important Mm, mm. and was life-changing. And I guess thinking about it, an oral culture or quite largely oral culture, there would have been that, that that need to listen and to learn so well that you could pass it on and that you'd be able to commit it to to memory and to pass it on and so forth. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, okay. Uh, And for you, what about, what is that in your own personal life? I've reflected a bit on me and into the New Testament church. And for you, what does it mean to be devoted, and maybe we can start to flesh out some, I don't know, some yeah. practical illustrations of what a day-to-day devotion could look like. Yeah, yeah, so for me, I, yeah, I think virtually every day I will spend time uh, in God's word. Mm. I'm very committed to the fact that, and the reason why is I'm committed to the fact God's word is God's word. There's this great verse in Hebrews 4 where it says, uh, Hebrews 4 verse 12, the word of God is living and active. And yeah. so you come to a book that isn't just some dusty tome written 2,000, 3,000 years ago, but actually is a living book that's designed to change our lives. Mm, mm. So I want to come with that attitude that says, yeah. it says in that bit in Hebrews, it says, today, if you hear his voice. Yes. So there's an expectation that God wants to speak to yes. me. And actually, God can speak to me. Yes. So I will come most mornings. So for example, today, I'm in the book of Judges at the moment. And I was reading the story of Samson. And I just came and I first of all read the passage and thought, God, what does this mean? And I asked, what does this mean about, tell me about God? Uh, What does this tell me about myself? Is there anything that I need to be careful about? So I really, and I jotted a few things down in my notebook. Uh, Yeah, and it was just a time of stopping, Mm. listening to God's word, saying, God, 
I need to learn mm, from you. Mm, mm. And it wasn't hugely revelation this morning, but there were certain things I think yeah. it would sustain me for today. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think the fact God's word is living and active. We believe scripture is God-breathed. And Jesus said, you know what? Man cannot live on bread alone, yeah. but every word uh, that comes from the mouth of God. Yeah. So I'm trying to learn to go just as I need breakfast, yes. just as I need food. Actually, I need to feed on God's word because it's life. Yeah. And having been in your office this morning, I actually saw your journal open on your table with these things written about. Oh, that was deliberately planned, set up, set up for it. It's actually true, he does do this. I saw it this morning. Um, For me, one of the things that I just, a little habit that I've got into has been to use a little acronym, if acronym is the right word, SOAP, S-O-A-P. So I try and write down quite a short passage of scripture Mm. from maybe a bigger thing that I'm reading. Um, I think writing down scripture, uh, committing things to memory in our culture nowadays, I think is more and more tricky. So I'm trying to memorize some scripture. Yeah. I think we don't do that much these days. Um, o is for observation. So just what am I observing? What do I notice is yeah. being said here? Very what good. do I understand God's saying? A is for application. How am I gonna apply this to my life? And then P, if I have time, I don't always remember to do this bit. P is actually to write out the, the prayer. What do I want? What am I going to ask God to do with this revelation from his word and apply it to my life? So if it's helpful for you, it's just a really simple little yeah. thing. SOAP, S-O-A-P. I found it to be a helpful little discipline to kind of uh, open up open up this and to make sure it actually, I do adhere to it, that it actually does go in. Yeah. Um, which I guess is what we're really wanting for ourselves. And Yeah, I think... One of the things I find helpful is certainly when I've learned and jotted things down in my journal, I will want to use those to be specific things I pray for, yeah. pray about. So I will pray about it for myself. It will be helpful to pray about it for others like my wife and uh, use it as a springboard yeah. to kind of launch into yeah. prayer. Yeah. Because it feels life things God's talking about. Now, I can hear some people maybe saying or thinking, hang on a minute, you two are pastors, you work for the church full time. You, 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 can, you can do this, even if your quiet time in the morning doesn't quite work, you, you could get to your office and you could still do this. So maybe now would be a good time. So we, you've got some examples of people in the life of the church who are not yeah. like we are, um, who can do this stuff during the day, but are, are finding other times to do this. So should we hear from the first? Yeah, let's hear. The first person of the life of the church that's just going to give us some examples of how they uh, have learned to be devoted to, to the apostles' teaching. So my way of keeping with the apostles teaching and um, being devoted to like, you know, seeking God, it really started when I was a child. So I grew up in a Christian household and every Sunday we always had um, family devotion because no one had to leave early for work or school. So that was our time when we used to sit together, pray together, sing. And we also um, read through Psalm 35, like every Sunday, religiously. And it was kind of like our family Psalm. But then as time went on, I grew older. I started to like try to figure out my own way of um, devoting time to God. And I found that my number one way was through music. So I absolutely love music and I love gospel music. So um, even now, I still listen to gospel music first thing in the morning, but the but the um, other thing that I've been doing for about four years now is really trying to spend time understanding his word and reading um, passages in the Bible. And at first it was very um, intimidating just opening the Bible and trying to trying to find a scripture to read and then trying to understand it. But then I found the um, Version Bible app and on there there are plans. So I try to do a, a plan and then keep to that. So it's basically devotion and then I would go to the Bible and then read the um, 
recommended readings. And I've absolutely found that so insightful. And um, it's just, I would say that it has brought me closer to God because it's amazing how so many things in the Bible relates to our human lives. And, um, and yeah, so that's really how I try to keep with the, um, apostles word in, you know, finding time, devoting time to God because it is so important. Morning, King's Church. I'm Catherine. If you'd asked me at the beginning of the year what it means for me to be devoted to God's word, I would probably have been slightly ambivalent. I now find myself craving God's word each morning alongside my morning porridge. If I miss a session, it's like skipping breakfast and I'm out of kilter for the rest of the day. I've tried various Bible reading programmes over the years, but I'm currently doing Nicky Gumbel's Bible in one year as an audio version alongside my journal. I found it extremely helpful and very manageable. As Chair of Governors of Kingston Community School, the past few months have been particularly challenging for me with the DfE closure of the school. And yet I've been astounded at how God's word has spoken powerfully into my situation. It has reset my perspective on a daily basis, lifting me out of despair to hope and similarly stirring my heart if I tend towards complacency. It has been genuinely life sustaining. I've also lent heavily on Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Trust God and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. This takes the pressure off me to solve everything, putting God at the centre of my life. Now I think that that's a good place to be. Thank you so much, Catherine and uh, Forsty, for that. Catherine, it's just great seeing how God's Word, I mean, I know you've had a challenging year, but it's great to see how God's Word has really sustained you and given hope in challenging times. And Forsty, just seeing that discipline of four years of sort of day in, day out in God's Word, it's really, yeah, profoundly stirring and encouraging. It's just great to know you're feeding yourself. And I suppose that comes on to what does it mean really for us to be devoted practically in our lives? How do we get devoted to the Word of God? Yeah, and you're, I think, hinting there, John, at probably the two things that we want to encourage the church in this morning of of both uh, being fed and feeding yourself. In other words, both committing to allowing others to speak and teach the Bible into you, but also doing that yourself, is that? Yeah, I think those two aspects are really important. So it's clear that the early church were taught. So there were the apostles who could handle the word of God, who understood the story, and they taught them. And it's important to be a people who are taught, who recognise, you know what, Uh, we're coming as learners. Uh, So we want to be a learning community on an adventure together. And so, yeah, it's really important to be taught. And the wonderful thing is now, obviously, we teach God's word each Sunday, but actually there are so many amazing resources out there Mm. uh, that lots of them are just brilliant Mm. in terms of, it's so easy to get fed nowadays, but particularly kind of being taught in your local church and in life group settings, we would say that's a huge value, wouldn't we? Absolutely. And one of my favourite people to be fed by is Matt Chandler over in... in, uh, Dallas, Texas, and the States. But at the beginning of every sermon that you can watch of his, he does a little piece where he exhort. He says, like, yeah, thank you for watching. And mm. Please give some money, maybe. But he says, please, would you make sure you're in a local church, that your yeah. first place to be fed is your local church, your local church pastor. Come here for something secondary, basically, is what he's saying, which I think is ever so helpful. Uh, even though he's 
you know, one of the most gifted preachers probably on the planet, that he knows that the, the real primary place to be fed is in the community where you're known, loved, and those that have eldership or authority yeah. and oversight and responsibility for you can teach the word of God into you first and foremost. Yeah, and I guess there's a sense of people being able to then, when, when, when God's word lands and impacts you, it's your local church yeah, and it's your yes. elders and it's your life group members who help you work through that and apply the word of God into yeah. your life, isn't it? Yeah. Because actually it's great what's said on a Sunday, but we, know, we all know there's a need to respond to that and a need for that to be changed. And often that's worked out yeah. in a community context in the local church. Yeah, and I guess I would also add that be prepared to, to be fed and to be taught and for... Um, and to be challenged and to be shaped. And I guess often nowadays we're, our culture, we're very happy to mm. watch talks and mm. uh, absorb lots of information. But the idea of kind of sitting under, mm. yeah. under authoritative teaching is a little bit less palatable for us sometimes. Yeah. But that was second nature to these people. They were devoted to sitting under the authoritative teaching of the apostles. Yeah, and it's interesting, isn't it? Obviously, 2 Timothy 3, uh, verse 16 says, for all scripture is God-breathed and it's used for teaching, yeah rebuking, correcting, yeah. and training in righteousness. Yeah. So there's a sense where partly the work of scripture and, and when it's taught to us is to correct and is to change. And so yeah. we're, we're meant to have our guards down yes. and allow it to shape us and not go, my word, well, isn't it a dreadful thing? If that happens, actually it shows God's at work disciplining us yeah. and training us because he's a good father. Yeah, yeah, very good. And so therefore the, the second half of the, this thing we're bubbling with is as much as we want us, one of the people who are fed to also to be self-feeders, what do you understand by feeding yourself, feeding ourselves? Well, I guess there's that phrase, isn't there, that's really famous, which says, give a man a fish and you feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish and you feed him for a lifetime. And I think, yeah, people can come to church, hear God's word once a week, meditate on it a bit, think about it, and then get on with the rest of their week. But actually, if God's word is living and active, if scripture is God-breathed, if God says, today, uh, he wants to speak to you. It's such a tragedy yeah. if we don't avail ourselves of that. And actually, Jesus said, you, you know, there's daily, we come to God for our daily bread, don't yeah. we? And I, I know personally, now partly I know I'm a pastor, but I know personally this need to encounter God's word more than just from other people. Yeah. And also there's something wonderful, yes. isn't there, about this. It's great when you hear John Piper say a truth or Don Carson or Matt Chandler, maybe your favourite. But actually, when you know you've been in a, reading God's word and you know that God's spoken to you yeah. so profoundly, you say, wow, yeah. it's like that, uh, I wrestled with that passage and I feel like I've so clearly heard God speak to me and I know what to do, yeah. or I'm so encouraged. It's something that's so different from getting Absolutely. secondhand revelation. Yeah. Yeah, and actually I read that on Caroline's reading a, a book by Jen Wilkin, and she, and she teaches the Bible mm. brilliantly. Actually, within that, she almost says the same thing. Of it's, I'm paraphrasing what she says, but I happened to notice it this morning. It effectively was, what I'm trying to do for you here, she's saying, is to tee you up with some of the resources so that you can experience what I've had, which is God speaking to you directly through his word. Go away and do that, which I thought was just essentially what, you, what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, so I think just, even there are loads of resources, aren't there, to help us study the yeah. Bible. So... Phil Moore's uh, Straight to the Heart series, yeah. for one. But lots of things out there, and they are great. Uh, but we need to learn to go, actually, we can read the Bible and know that God can speak to us yeah. directly through it. And yes, let's use them as support. Let's yeah. use them to get insights. Let's use them to hear God's voice. Yeah. But actually, God speaks to us when we come to the scriptures and yeah. go, and go come with an attitude. I want to read, to know God, 
to, to obey scripture. And can, can you give an example of that in your own life? I imagine in the journey towards Turkey, were there some moments when... That God yeah, particularly God spoke straight through, or what other life examples that you can... Well, I think there was, one, on. there, there was one, I think, just... I mean, I, I, would, I would kind of hope daily there would be this kind of thing of there was something I felt like God encouraged yeah, me about. Absolutely. But particularly one a few months ago was I was processing coming back from Turkey. I was reading Deuteronomy. It's just that was my regular reading for that day. And it was this verse, I think Deuteronomy 5 or 6, where it talked about the people of Israel complaining and saying, God brought us out of Israel to kill us because he, he hates us. Mm. And it was at that moment that it felt like God speaking to me and saying, look, I'm... I know, I knew that God was good, but, but I did feel there was this sense of me going, God, I feel like, I've, I wouldn't say you've hated me, but I've, I've, there's this sense of I go, it feels like you held back mm. and you didn't deliver as you could have delivered. Mm. And I need to recognise, just as these people of Israel had this wrong perspective on what you were like, actually, I know that's not what you were like, but that's yeah. how I feel. Yes. Uh, so I'm going to want to come in line with scripture. And I remember repenting. I remember talking to you about yeah. it and saying, you know what? God spoke to me about the fact I had this wrong sense of him holding out and not thinking he was as good as mm. he really is mm. and needing mm. to come to the truth. So I think that was a moment yeah. recently, certainly about in terms of going to the nations. I think you've got some verses which just bounce yeah. and almost highlight yeah. again and again that I'm living with. But yeah, that was one just from a couple of months ago that really felt like it was a landing point, which I think has really helped good. change my attitude. Good. I was sharing with you before, but there's a story that comes to mind when we, um, we, I talked on something similar a couple of years ago. We did a, mm. a series called Vital Signs, and the vital signs of being a healthy Christian, yeah. one of which is being devoted to the Word of God. And we showed a little video clip in the, in the service a couple of years ago, and, the, and the, the guy teaching tells the story of a, a man who came to him after the end of a, a talk not similar to this in which people were being encouraged to get into the Word of God daily. And he basically said, I'm really busy, uh, I think it was an advertising executive, I haven't got time for this kind of thing, you're yeah. a professional pastor. And, and the, the pastor in question just said, well, I find that I just make time for things that I value. Pause, quiet. Anyway, the guy comes back to him a few months later and says, well, actually, I've kind of thought about what you said and, and I've found this chair that I really like and I've made it, I put it in the place in my garden that I really like the view of and I've got some good coffee and, and I found that actually I'm kind of doing what you suggested and I'm opening God's word and trying to understand it and apply it to my life and I'm doing it pretty much each, each mm. morning in my chair. And, uh, and a few months later, he came back to him again and the pastor said, yeah. well, how's, how's it going? How's this time in your chair? He said, well, it's, it's pretty good. In fact, I feel God speaks to me quite clearly through my time in my chair in the Word. I feel that he's telling me to give up my job. The pastor looks quite surprised. And the guy said, yeah, I think I should give up my job and uh, I should work to help you build the church for nothing. And the pastor, okay, interesting. This, this, this being yeah, devoted yeah. to the Word of God is, is doing something and the guy does that. He quits his job. He works for nothing. He helps build the church. Comes back to him again a, a few months or years later and says, I think God's spoken to me in my chair again with the Bible again. And, I, and the guy said, I feel like I should... Uh, leave this church and go into something similar with a new church. I should take up advertising again, earn some money, give it to the church. Off he goes. The, the, the second church grows and flourishes. And ultimately, the story fast forwards to the end of his life when, in his chair with his Bible, um, he's processing the news that he's got terminal cancer and only a few weeks and months to live, finds himself in hospital. The thing that he misses the most is the chair, so they, they bring it to him and, and he 
shortly mm. passes away. And the story finishes with the pastor saying that he did the guy's funeral and how it was just a moment where he and the widow reflected on, on this chair and on this discipline this guy had formed over yeah. years and years and years of sitting in his chair, opening the word of God, the apostles' teaching, allowing it to shape him and form him and completely transform his life and the life of, of churches and multiple believers ever since. And I remember it resonated with a few people when we showed it at the time a couple of years ago. Yeah. It comes to mind now that if we can all find either the literal chair or the metaphorical chair uh, that, we, that we discipline ourselves to sitting in and opening the Bible to, it, it really can change a life uh, over a lifetime. Yeah, so I, I think that's really profound. I think it's interesting, isn't it? You have meals. I can't remember what I had for a meal last yeah. Thursday, but it was needed. Yeah, did you good? It did me good. And there will be some moments where I look back on a meal and go, that was a meal that I still remember, that mm. I will highlight and mm. go, wasn't that a great meal, Sophie, when we mm. went out to that restaurant and we had that thing? Yeah. Or I cooked that amazing thing on the barbecue. Yeah. But lots of the time, I don't remember, but it's done me good. And yeah. I think that's often what the Word of God will be. Yeah. I think it might be the stuff I was thinking about today. Yeah. In a week's time, I'll really have to struggle or look at my journal to remember it, but there will be some moments yeah. in a few weeks' time or in a month's time where there might be a really significant thing. Yeah. But day by day, in God's presence, yes. learning from his word, over time, it just shapes yes. and changes us, yes. doesn't it? And that's what this guy's widow, I think, said. Like, yeah, there were these big knockout moments of God says, leave your job, plant a church, process cancer. But in between all of that, the day after day after day of much more yeah. regular stuff. But she said, he had become a, a better husband, a better father, a more generous person because he'd been shaped through those, those daily moments as well as those big God-speaking yeah. moments. So I suppose the thing we'd love to finish with, I suppose, is just this real encouragement to the church saying, we've got a God who wants to speak to us yeah. daily yeah. and his word is there. Obviously, for us in our country, we can so easily access the Bible, can't we? We yeah. can just, we've all probably got multiple Bibles and them on our phone. Yeah. But just as encouragement, God wants to speak, his words living and active. Yeah. And th this encouragement to come. Yeah. And let's be those who devote and let's be those who engage and give ourselves yeah. uh, to be those who pursue and delight in the word of God. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's exactly how we'd love to, I suppose, close these moments now and to encourage you. Many of you will have heard these mm -hmm. kinds of things many times before. Um, but the promise that I, I began with in Psalm 1 is that someone who meditates on or is devoted to the word of God can expect to be like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither in all that he does he prospers and, and that is our our heart and our prayer for you yeah